This is episode 142 of the Landscape Photography Show, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode, 141, I just want to pause you real quick. Go and listen to that episode because it's part one of this two-part series. Today is part two with Richard Burnaby. So if you didn't listen to that episode, go back and listen to that, then come back here and cap off our discussion in this episode. So we'll wait for you to come back. Before we get into our discussion, I just want to pause and thank the sponsor for the podcast, and that's Nature Photographers Network. This looks like a forum, but it's actually a community of like-minded photographers striving to make each other better and give constructive advice for how to do so. The most helpful thing that I've seen people learn from and get better at are the critiques that happen on there because they're critiques of just your standard run-of-the-mill landscapes all the way up to photos that look like they should be making thousands of dollars off of that one image. Now, they ask for critiques, specific advice, or you could just leave it open to whatever you see, give me a critique. This is actual helpful stuff too, not just cool shot, thumbs up, or cool shot, smiley face emoji. This is an actual constructive critique of how you can get better as a photographer. And it's not only coming from other photographers that, that are in the community, it's coming from people who are contributors, myself, Matt Payne, David Kingham, Jennifer Renwick, Sarah Marino, Alex Noriega, uh, Alistair Ben, you know, the, the list of experts that go on and on to help you get better as a photographer just keeps on going. So go to naturephotographers.network and you can sign up for the entire year for just $49. It's 13 cents a day if you break it down mathematically. And because you're just listening to the podcast and I like you that much, you can use the code LPS10 for 10% off of that already low price. So go to naturephotographers.network, sign up, and use the code LPS10 for 10% off. In today's episode, we're talking with Richard Burnaby again. This is part two, like I said, of our discussion of what's, what's next for outdoor photography. Who, what should we be paying attention to? How can we prepare ourselves for the coming years in the niche of nature photography, the genre of nature outdoor photography? And Richard talked a lot about that in part one. Part two, we're continuing our discussion. And two really important things I think you should pay attention to in this talk. Number one, right before we got on live on YouTube to have this interview, Richard had just gotten off the phone with the CEO of Vero, one platform that I know is pretty hot right now for a lot of outdoor photographers. And he had some really interesting tidbits to share about that. I'll just let you listen to that and find out. And we also talk NFTs, why it is so scarred in a lot of people's views of outdoor photography and NFTs. Can they coexist? Do they need a new branding? And how the environmental argument is a moot point now. I would love to get your thoughts on this, but I, I've been playing with this thought of, you know, we live in such, especially with technology evolving and what's considered photography and what's not, where is the industry going? We live in such a black and white world. Um, why not both? Why not blend it into gray? 
where we can have both of these existing. Like, I just feel like we're so quick to have a knee jerk reaction to say, well, this is not considered photography. When, when I'm big on, on niches, it's come up three times now, but niches down into different topics. I mean, that, and that may be the future of photography, what you just, um, what you just described, but, um, photography does have a definition, right? So, um, you can create now photographs out of thin air, just, uh, just by entering some terms and it will create the image for it. It, You know, is that a photograph? Probably not. So you can call it what you like, but there are things do have definitions and things do have meaning. And you can say, well, it's an AI generated image. Okay, great. If if it connects with people and people want to, you know, that's that's really all that matters. But first of all, there wasn't a creation, um, you know, like like a painter or a phot- photographer. I don't I don't know I don't know where this is going. I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer. But what you're describing might be the future of photography. I don't know. I mean, history repeats itself, right? Uh, we can look back and everybody says the death of photography is video. We can look back at when cameras first came out for photography and painters and artists were saying, well, this is the death of painting and and art. Was it? I mean, those are still around. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, uh, blending in into both and, and in terms of getting your work out there, having the progressing industry of photography, whether that be, tech or just you as a photographer wanting to share more of your work where are you seeing opportunities come up um in terms of photo sharing uh as platforms evolve and change yeah um i I think we were talking right before we recorded that i was on an interview with amin hariri who is the founder and ceo of vero and so many of your listeners might know what Vero is. And um, there's a, particularly with photographers, there's a great dissatisfaction with Instagram and Facebook and some of the big uh, meta products because, um, you know, the, we'll just stay with Instagram. It's a, you as a user are not the customer. Just try to get any kind of customer service from Facebook or Instagram. You won't get any because you're not the customer. You're providing free content, mm-hmm. right? Um, willingly, free content. And then Instagram is using that content to sell ads, advertisers. So as far as Instagram and Facebook are concerned, the advertisers are the customer, not you. So what Vero is doing is they're not there yet, but they're going to be a, um, a subscription-based platform. So no ads um but what that means though is that you are the customer now right it changes the whole dynamic so um right now they're they're you could you could join for free anybody who joins for free has a free membership for a lifetime but at some point they're going to flip the switch and say okay for the cost of a couple cups of coffee um that's going to be the entry fee into um to the the platform but you're not going to have uh, advertising. The, the whole philosophy of the company is not to be driven by catering to advertisers. You can have a chronological feed. 
you're going to, there's not going to be an out, you know, algorithm that's determining what you see and when you see it and who sees it. Um, you're, you're going to have you know, clickable links where you, you know, if you want to put a link in a post, you can put a link in a post or you can just link, um, in Instagram, you can't do that in, in feed post. You can do it in stories if you have a number of followers. And on, on, on uh, Facebook, if you want to put a link in a post, your engagement drops to nearly zero. Because what they, what they see is that that's a threat to their advertising uh, scheme. Because if you can, they would rather you have to pay to promote whatever you're linking to rather than just giving away the link. So the whole philosophy has changed. I don't know if it's going to be successful or not. I happen to like it. And um, it wasn't that long ago where people said you cannot charge for content on the internet. People expect it to be free. But the New York Times just announced a couple months ago that they hit 10 million paid subscribers for the newspaper. 10 million. So that is not necessarily um, true anymore. I think people will pay for good content on the internet. And um, I think Vero's heading in the right direction. And the people are just fed up. Photographers are fed up, at least um, because of the, you know, the the reels and stories and uh, photography engagement is, is declining. And Instagram used to be a very simple uh, app back going back, you know, 2015, 2014. It was simple. You posted photographs to people who follow. You could see the photographs. And, and um, that's not the case anymore. It's now a social media company, not a photo sharing site. And I think Vero is going to take advantage of that. But time will tell. I think t two things. Number one, um, I agree. Uh, number one, though, these platforms, Instagram, Facebook, whatever is a pay for play now, they are free. Um, so you do get to post your content for free. They're just have the liberty to use that information and data to drive what's producing money for them because they are after all a, a business. Number two, I'm, I am glad that you brought up, um, the coming, uh, subscription for Vero because I've been using it now for a few, I signed up for it several years ago when it first like came out and sparked on the photography scene, uh, and then jumped back to it when it started to heat up again. And I was thinking, you know, they're going to have to pay for this somehow whether it be ads, whether it be subscriptions or something like that. So it's interesting they're going that way and triggering the nostalgia for photographers who've been on Instagram for a long time and having that chronological feed. You know, there are opportunities for, for both, right? You can mm -hmm. join the pay-for-play market or you can just stick with free and go the, the Vero route, which, again, a, a blend, right? <laughs> Well, I, I don't want to spoil it for those who want to hear the episode. It's going to drop on Friday. But, you know, when are they going to flip the switch to start charging people to join? Yeah. And they said, you know what? It originally said the first million people join will join for free for life. And once they hit that million member uh, subscriber mark, then they were going to flip that switch. And that's obviously they've blown by that. There's several million now. I mean, tens of millions. And I said, well, when, what's the timeline? When are you going to, eventually you're going to have to start, you know, <laughs> turning a profit and some revenue and paying these developers. And this is, we just didn't, we don't feel like the product is there yet to where we feel justified charging people. And we're getting there, we're getting close. But um, the, consider the free membership as, uh, you know, 
a thanks for helping build you know the, the platform but for the the cost of a couple cups of coffee a year i think a lot of people are going to decide that that's better than being you know having these huge companies build the platforms off the back of photographers using their content using their photos to sell ads not not to mention data mining to I think there's going to be a backlash, and I think, I think Vero might be uh, heading in the right direction, but uh, time will tell. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, in terms of opportunities, I mean, Vero is a big one right now. Obviously, it's still free; you don't have to pay for a subscription. As of now, it is mm -hmm. what is today? I have no idea. September something, 2022. So don't listen to this three years down the road and be like, "You said it was free." Right. Yeah. Um, Yes, it's it's free and there's huge opportunity there for a chronological feed. There's also opportunity to spark something with other platforms as well. I, I Mass distribution for me, we've talked about media companies with photographers versus, you know, what do you call yourself? If you're doing it for the business side, all the platforms for me are where to go. Yes, Vero. Yes, Twitter. Yes, Instagram. Yes, Facebook. Yes, YouTube. It's just how you use those and how they work. Mm -hmm. So like for a podcast like this, like we were talking about, should you start a podcast? We've been talking now for 40 minutes. I could chop this up and have eight Instagram reels ready to go with knowledge-based information for mm -hmm. somebody for photography. Right. I could use that on several different platforms too, mm -hmm. and then go and share photos on Vero. So it's just, it, it's how the platforms work with themselves but again i i want to steer people away from a near jerk reaction to say death to instagram yes to vero right i mean you can use both oh, not, at the same time yeah i'm not giving up on i'm continue to use instagram continue to use facebook i really 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 don't like facebook i i <laughs> i do it because i have to right if you're gonna run yeah. a business you have to be, have a presence I mean, I have a 140,000 followers on my on my Facebook page, and early on, they they Facebook actually reached out to people. They saw photographers and content creators and said, "You have to have a business page if you really want to get the most out of Facebook. You need a business page." And so we all set up business pages. Then what did they do? Then they then they started saying, "Okay, well, now that you're a business." Um, only 17% of your followers are going to see your content. If you want more to see it, those followers, you're going to have to pay it's called boosting to post. So it just, it was a, it was a, you know, bait and switch in many ways. And I, I, re, I don't like it. So I don't like the whole Facebook scene, honestly, but I use it and I use Twitter. Obviously um, I have a, a big following on Twitter and I'll continue to use all those, including Vero, but I am, looking at Vero to be the, the future. And um, I could be wrong. I could, we all could be wrong. It could just be, you know what, people want free and they'll continue to use Instagram because it doesn't cost them anything. At least it doesn't appear that it costs them anything, but we'll see. Hey, real quick, I just want to tell you about Nature Photographers Network, the sponsor for this podcast. You know, I don't just accept any sponsors for the podcast. I've done three or four, but I made sure that they fit 
this audience really, really well because I value your time. I only want to share sponsors that I think are going to benefit you as a photographer. And the reason I've kept Nature Photographers Network as the sponsor for so long is because I've heard countless story after countless story of people who have used my coupon code when they go to naturephotographers.network and use the codes LPS10 for 10% off. I've heard countless feedback from them about how that platform helped them understand photography better, how they love the community so much, how they've benefited from just that one site. So right now, if you want to become someone like that, if you want to go from confusion to clarity, sign up for a year membership for just $49 at naturephotographers.network and use the code LPS10 for 10% off that already low price. Let's get back to my talk with Richard Burnaby. We've talked about transforming technologies, uh, AI, both terms come up a lot when we talk about NFTs. Uh, and I do want to hit on this because I do think it's an important direction that photography can go in if you want to go that route. Uh, and I do think the technology will stick around for a long time. You your newsletter was the first to introduce me to NFTs. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to thank me or, uh, or blame me for that. I, well, I'll thank you because I took your advice and ran with it and became one of the top sellers on foundation platforms. So, awesome. uh, <laughs> so it was a great year for me. Now, learning the new technology, mm -hmm. how the market fluctuates, how buying and selling fluctuates on there is a completely different animal. But why should photographers pay attention to NFTs moving forward? I'm not going to say anybody should or they, they, hmm. they have to do anything, but I think that technology is here to stay. And regardless of the ups and downs, you know, right now, 2021 was a, a, a huge year for, for those who were in the NFT world. And 2022 is not quite living up to the 2021 standard. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's typical of a lot of markets. But just because it's fallen out of favor does not mean it, it doesn't have staying power. I think, and again, you and I talked about this. I think that NFTs have gotten now just a bad name. Anybody brings up NFTs and they're, they roll their eyes and they say it's a you know money laundering scam, whatever it may be. And I think a lot of that is uh, self inflicted on the community because it just became a greed game and um you're just pounded by the you know these nft people just pounding you constantly in my dms you know promote my you know, shill this shill that can't even believe that they adopted the word chill because it's not a very complimentary word <laughs> right it's just something tawdry and and, and dirty about the whole thing yeah. so maybe it'll become rebranded as something else but nfts to me um, it's, it's, um, I use, I'm trying to explain it to people because it is a difficult thing to explain, but the closest analogy that I can come up with is like the collectibles, like sports collectibles and baseball cards and all these collectibles, jerseys, it's very, very similar to that. And you can draw a lot of analogies, it's not exact analogies, but pretty close. And, um, you know, would I spend $600,000 for a Tom Brady jersey? No, I wouldn't. I don't understand it. But doesn't mean that it's not real, that people do spend $600,000 for a signed jersey or 
or $6 million for a baseball card. In a baseball card, the intrinsic value is almost nothing. It's a piece of cardboard with ink on it. Why would somebody pay $6 million for a baseball card? Um, if you can understand that, you understand the market forces behind why people will spend all this money on these collectible things, then you'll have a better understanding of why NFTs will have value or do have value or did have value. I don't know where it's going. But I don't have to understand why, and I never bought an NFT in my life. And I never bought, like I said, I never bought a baseball card that was any more than, you know, a couple dollars. But doesn't mean that um, it's not real. It is real. People, if they want to spend that money and they want to pay that money, then it means something to them. But if you want, if you want to study it, then aside from just the blockchain technology, but if you want to send why NFTs have value and why I think the collectibles market is the closest analogy that you can come if you want to get a good understanding of it. No, that's a great analogy. Um, and and it came down to me when I read that newsletter describing what they were. You know, I think I had the initial thought of what a lot of people say is, why would anybody buy that? And then the question came to my mind, would somebody buy that? And then the answer was yes. And from that point on, I adopted it into my business model. And, um, you know, I, I do want to address the environmental aspect of it because we are both pro conservation. Mm -hmm. um, the merge recently of Ethereum 2.0 basically eliminates any concern of like too much energy producing these NFTs and too much carbon being produced by them. Uh, actually, the framework of YouTube produces an astronomically amount more than what an NFT does now. Right. Um, so now that the technology is emerging and evolving, it's going the same wayside as the internet did. You had internet companies start up, reach an insanely high value at first, tank and then slowly creep back up i think we're at the beginning of the tanking for nfts unfortunately mm -hmm. but i do see this technology sticking around um how how do you see photographers using nfts properly from this point on or i could i could just ask you how you're you're planning to use them or if you are having any plans to use them I, I quit basically right around the first of the year. Haven't uh, minted anything. I, mm -hmm. I did very, very well in 2021. Um, I'm not going to give a number, but it was very, very well. Um, I just kind of lost interest and um, the, the environmental angle did bother me, although there was other alternatives. You know, if you want to go Solana or Cardano, Cardano or, or Tezos that, that Basically, you know, any kind of transaction on those blockchains were equivalent to about a Google search, right? Yeah. So that um, I, I kind of lost interest in it in a way. And I recently became involved with Outside Magazine or Outside Interactive, um, uh, introduced the Outerverse, which is built on the Solana blockchain. And uh, it's it's kind of evolving and it's got a mission. It's got a clean uh, environmental record as far as using Solana. In fact, in fact, what injured energy they do use, they're buying carbon uh, buybacks anyway, so it's it's carbon neutral. Um, and it's it's using that technology to get people 
off their phones and tablets and computers and outdoors. Okay. So I participated in the, um, done you know, unveiling of the, of the project. I'm going to wait and see how they go. And if I did do any kind of NFT, uh, releases or minting, I'm going to do it via the outerverse on the Solana blockchain. That's just me personally. But now that the, you said the Ethereum merge, um, it's 99.9% .9 more energy efficient. And like I said, it uses about the same amount of energy to mint an NFT now as it does to post an image on Instagram, for example. So um, that, that you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. It's one of those things where I'm not going to be surprised if it just completely tanked and we never heard about NFTs again. That would surprise me. It wouldn't shock me. Or it wouldn't surprise or shock me if it just it went, you know, gangbusters again and this was the way we now this is the new creative community, uh, you know, economy. So it's not going to surprise me whatever happens. Now that we've reached the greed stage of them, they're unveiling. I, I think I kind of think that it will slowly pick up pace after several more months of down. Um, I think it'll pick up pace. And, and I think photographers, in my opinion, should really start to look at what's involved in collecting that because to me the blockchain technology when it when it first came out everybody was just throwing up a picture and okay you could buy this photo and have it in your crypto wallet but now like why what what is that what's yeah. included in that what you could do is do something like here are you know a hundred photos that are nfts if you collect one of these, you have uh, membership access to my online courses, membership access to a subscription-based site, blog, something like that. Membership to, if they're higher price, you know, workshops. Come meet me in any of these workshop locations, and if you have this NFT, you mm -hmm. get to come. Um, I, I think that would be a great way, and I see it. The, the reason I go that route is I see it a lot with like sporting events or concert events. It would il immediately eliminate any scammers trying to sell you fake tickets to those. And, and I think photography could go the same route. Yeah. So it's, it's immortalized on a blockchain. You can't, you can't, uh, can't create a counterfeit. Um, but you know, it, that's just a way of, um, you know, validation, but you, you, right now, you could do a print and do the same thing, just trade it for you know a workshop or something else. But um, I, I think if you look at the Outerverse and what they're doing, and they're look, it's it's very similar to what you just mentioned. It's um, in fact they don't even call them they they kind of backed away from the term NFT, and you buy a passport. Yeah. And think of, of, of NFTs as like stamps in a passport that allow you access to gear or access to this event or that event. Very similar to what you just mentioned. So you had you had them on your podcast recently. What, what did they say about their plans moving forward for that work? Yeah, I had Robin Thurston, who's a CEO of Outside Interactive, um, as a guest on my podcast and um he's very bullish on that technology and i am too I mean, as far as the technology and web3 particularly so um you know we're seeing that the the internet go from what was once uh, you know the, the version one which was read only then it became uh, you know uh, web2 which was read and write and now it's going to be web3 which is ownership 
and decentralized. So um, they're they're trying to um, you know keep that technology on the on the on the back burner as far as like where their business is, and they think that's eventually that's what things are going to go to. And um, I think NFTs are a part of that, but it's not the centerpiece of what is called the outerverse. But they have a mission as far as getting people outdoors get off the screens using technology to get people outdoors and active and, and adopted a healthy lifestyle. Um, but it's, it's kind of an evolving project that they have, they're very bullish on the idea and bullish on the technology. I think in many ways they're trying to figure out you know, exactly how to use it. So um, I'm watching them closely. Obviously I'm privy to some of the, the what their plans are, but um, I, I think, there's a lot of companies in that position where they're trying to figure out they they believe that technology is here to stay, but quite how to use it. Yeah, why not go ahead and enter now, figure it out later, yeah. and and just pounce on the opportunity. Yeah. So you eliminate the, the environmental concern now. That's no longer a uh, objection. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Solana, yeah. you said Solana, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. built the whole the whole ecosystem is built on the Solana blockchain. Great, great. Uh, we do have comments and questions coming in on how to actually create an NFT out of a photo. Uh, I don't have another hour to do an episode <laughs> on that, so I will respond to you personally. Uh, but Richard, I do want to ask you personally with your photography, um, kind of tell us what you have coming up, what's going on for you, and, and how people can get more involved with you and find you. Yeah. So right now... Um it seems like I'm just playing catch up because of the two years that we were fairly idle. <laughs> so I have um, a lot of trips com coming up that I'm trying to either um, finish or make up for what I lost in 2020, 2021 and So there's a lot of travel coming up. And I think by middle of next year, I sort of uh, slow down a little bit and catch my breath. And I'm trying to, you know, Build my business in other areas. I'm no longer managing my own workshops. I'm, I'm doing by by middle of next year. I'll be doing everything through Mutual Workshops, so that they're handling all the logistics and all the registrations and money and the correspondence. And I just basically show up and do what I love, which is teaching. I love teaching. Um, and uh, I, you know, have some other projects that that are kind of in the. Either I've kind of set aside for a while, but I'm going to come back to the podcast is one I think is a I'm enjoying more than I thought I would. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be spending a lot of time on that and um, have two trips to Antarctica coming up one here in a couple of weeks, another one in December. And uh, I'm just looking at possibly doing a book next year, which is going to be um, on in, uh, it's a wildlife book of African you know, megafauna species and donating the proceeds to organizations that are on the ground helping uh, with poaching and habitat restoration and buying land and that sort of thing. So um, that's really what's on my immediate, uh, you know, windshield looking, looking forward. I can see the, the see these, these workshop trips that I need to do, the book, the book I want to work on and then um, the podcast. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. If you want to check out more of Richard's work 
on his podcast specifically. You can go to beyondthelens.fm and check that out. Just sending you some flowers with that one, Richard. Um, thank you so much for joining us and sharing your knowledge and information. Thanks. It was fun. Could do it again. So after listening to this podcast, you should be completely prepared for the coming years, platforms, how to market yourself. If you're not interested in the business side, how just to share your photos on the platforms, what should you be looking at, what you should be interested in and what you should watch out for. You know, we have to be prepared as photographers for what's coming. We're in a state right now where the photography industry has been declining for the past couple of years and photo sharing has gotten into the trillions per day. Yeah, that's trillions with a T per day. How do you set yourself apart? If you if you don't know yet and you can't answer that question, go back and listen to these two episodes again, 141 and 142, and we'll break it down for you. You always have access to these. If you liked this discussion, whatever platform you're listening on, please leave a review. Let us know what you liked about the show, and I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode. <laughs>